Guys, um, welcome to uh, the Muscle Prof Facebook page. You're with me, uh, Dr. Jacob Wilson. We also got my mate from UK, Rudy Moore. Um, we're doing a lot of research right now in, in the lab, basically looking at metabolism in response to various dieting protocols. And, uh, you know, hence that's why right now we got the metabolic cart in the background here. We're going to talk today to you about basically some of the biggest dieting mistakes that we actually see. Uh, in the literature, um, with coaches, and kind of just give you some advice on, on some of our thoughts based on what the research is suggesting. So, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I think that we see is um, not periodizing your diet, right? So, do you want to talk about that a little bit more, Rudy? Yeah, sure. So, a lot of people kind of periodize their training and they see the value in that. Uh, but once you mention maybe periodizing your nutrition, uh, people laugh and they kind of don't get the idea of that. But if you think about it logically, uh, for the same reasons as why you'd periodize training in terms of your body adapting, that applies to nutrition and your metabolism as well. So too long in any given sort of calorie surplus or deficit, your body will adapt to create homeostasis and create basically a balance um, so it will try and meet that calorie sort of reduction or it will try and meet that calorie sort of surplus. Um, so some kind of novel ways we've been talking about, we, we've mentioned a study before uh, by Davudi in 2014 and he looked at an 11 day uh, calorie deficit and then a 3 day calorie maintenance versus typical sort of linear dieting where you're just in a calorie deficit every day for a long time. And they actually found greater uh, weight loss and a kind of more stable um, resting metabolic rate. So their resting metabolic rate didn't change and downregulate as much when they had the three days um, at maintenance. So that's just one, one example. And I think that's really important. So again, looking at the protocol by Davuti, what they did was, again, they had, um, you know, basically was 11 days. Mm -hmm. 11 days where they had a deficit, and then three days they could kind of sort of eat ad libitum. But a lot of people might look and say, oh, eat whatever you want. Okay, now it's real careful. Again, what the, when they ate ad libitum, they basically wanted to maintenance calories. Um, and basically, again, their metabolisms were better. They didn't drop as, as uh, robustly. In fact, it was much less. And um, But I want to point this out because this one leads us to sort of our next mistake is a lot of coaches will go, okay, you know, eat restrict all week and then on Saturday you can have a big cheat meal go to Cheesecake Factory go eat like a whole pizza and ice cream and cake or even a, some coach will eat a cheat day I mean if I have restricted all week I can in one meal I could easily eat 4,000 calories especially at a sure. buffet yeah um, in fact when we went to <laughs> Vegas for the Olympia we probably ate more than that in a single meal but um, but the main thing is that when you're dieting is that ideal Probably not because um, one of the things that, that Rudy's actually pointed out to me is that dieting, uh, when you actually have a huge meal, your metabolism acutely might rise, but you actually need a couple days or more chronic days to actually make changes in your metabolism. And that's why, for example, raising your calories over three days to maintenance is going to be a lot better than having four or 5,000 calories in one single meal, making yourself... Basically, the only thing you're getting at, at is being insulin resistant and destroying your whole week. Yeah, so I think we're not kind of, we're certainly saying it, it you know, it, it can work and 
if that's a weight loss strategy that you've used with success and you like that um, and you're still getting good results on that then then yeah it may work still because if you're creating enough of a deficit in the week and you're not kind of going way overboard at maybe the weekend or on a Saturday night fine and if that works for you that's great but a lot of the time uh, say online the one day cheat meal or the one meal cheat meal is pushed of having all these magical sort of adaptations like you know big rise in metabolic rate etc but and uh, changes in maybe hunger hormones such as leptin and ghrelin but the research doesn't really support that the acute rise is more the thermic effect of just consuming 4000 calories and the next day that drops back to baseline so like we were saying if you are kind of trying to periodize your nutrition more then uh, more sensible refeeds would be smaller sort of shorter diets and then maybe three four day refeeds or even slightly longer you could maybe do two or three week diets and then have a week refeed mm. but it would be more everything's more kind of within a, a shorter balance or within a sensible range so you're not dropping calories really low and then refeeding really high it's all about being in a sensible range I think and and the, which kind of leads us to our sort of next mistake is again long linear periods of either dieting or bulking and so remember when you're in the off season, you're putting on mass is going to determine how long your diet's going to last and how much fat how you actually need to lose. And um, we see a lot of people in the off season going these long bulks, months on end. But one of the things that's important to understand is that when you're o when you're overfeeding for a long period of time, it's very difficult. While you can make adaptations initially in muscle, while you're insulin sensitive. It's very difficult to make metabolic adaptation. In fact, you make more counter metabolic adaptations in terms of like you may not have as much mitochondria, for example, um, after long periods of overfeeding because you have tons of energy. So why is your mitochondria need to um, respond? You're not perturbing it. You're not putting it in a state of stress because you're constantly giving it energy. So basically, what happens is. Um, you know, real briefly, to increase mitochondria, you got to sort of switch on your cell's fuel gauge, your fuel gauge in your cells called AMPK. When you're overfeeding for months on end, there's no real point to AMPK really being elevated drastically, and that's what controls how much mitochondria we actually have. That and other factors as well. So basically, if you, you're going to lower mitochondria, you're going to lower fat oxidation capacity, you're going to become insulin resistant, and that's no bueno it's not good right so you don't want to um you don't want to do that the other thing that that rudy and i are talking about is um and you can speak more to this is a lot of people will say oh well i'm going to just give my protein needs then i'm going to you know minimize fat as much as possible because we all know fat's terrible for you you know and go super low fat and uh then i'm going to fill in the rest of my calories with what carbohydrate yeah yeah so um and what do we know with that, right? Well, we did some research on carbohydrates actually in our lab where we over, we basically uh, overfed individuals. So we increased their calories by about 500 a day versus more like, um, you know, well over 1,000 calories a day. We controlled for protein intake. And when the, we overfed by over 1,000 calories a day, um, and this was published um, as a JSN abstract, and it's in review right now, um, with Sean McCleary being the head author, but basically what we found is that when you added several hundred uh, grams extra of carbohydrate, while you increased the total amount of calories that you intook, so we filled in with extra carbs, you know, and theoretically if my carbs are much higher in the off season, I can have much more, right, when I'm dieting. 
Well, guess what we found? All they did was gain fat. They gained no more lean mass, no more strength, zero additional benefit at all from adding a bunch of extra carbs. So do you have anything that you would recommend instead of that? Yeah, I think, I think firstly it's important to point out that there are always outliers. So we know those people that could probably be on 500 grams of carbs a day and, sure. and, and be fine or eat McDonald's every day. And if that's you and that's worked for you, then sure, carry on. But for a lot of people, then that would just cause like these adaptations we've said and it would cause you to kind of overspill almost. So if you do need to, if you found from practice that you do gain fat easier, uh, then maybe increase in protein um, as well as increasing carbohydrates during your kind of bulk or high calorie period. Is more sensible, and uh, Joey found. You know, Joey studied this, and it, it's a great study that's shown when they increased protein. I think they overfed by 800 calories a day. There was no significant change in uh, body fat after this period, and this was in. Un they weren't even training, right? Yeah. So well, imagine yeah. if they were training. Yeah, they're basically just all maintenance, maintenance training stimulus. So if you had a higher training stimulus, you know, and I know Joey's actually doing research yeah. on that, so yeah. interesting to see what he found and finds. But again, yeah, you know, it's like there's this sort of linear myth. Oh, if I linearly increase my carbohydrates and when I diet down, I can linearly decrease them. And it doesn't work that way. You're going to make yourself insulin resistant. You're going to gain a bunch of fat. And the only thing, you're going to need a greater metabolic capacity because it's going to take you that much yeah. longer to diet. Yeah, all um, these negatives, if you've... If you've got a diet from 20%, you're going to have so much more obstacles, it's going to be harder mentally, and you're going to waste a lot more time. So remember, if you've got a diet from 20% versus from 14%, you've wasted all those weeks where you could have actually been trying to gain muscle because you've got to start your diet way earlier. So maybe not going as severe or adding in periods of actually mini kind of cuts to keep your body fat at a stable level and improve insulin sensitivity is a great idea during your kind of off season. Yeah, exactly. And actually, um, so that that's that's I think real important. And that kind of leads to why is why are long why are we saying long diets are not as good? Well, right now, sort of the the industry is moving toward. You know, I remember actually um, when I was coming up, actually when I first started uh, writing for like bodybuilding and stuff, we had abcbodybuilding.com, and back then. Basically, when you prep for a show, it's like 12-week preps or whatever, 16-week preps. And then it got longer. Then it became 20-week diets. Mm -hmm. And now, commonly, you'll see 30, 40-week diets. And um, you know, as and and one, what the research that this is based on um, is Garth um, actually in 2011 did some really cool research where they actually she actually um, took people and had them diet. To where they, it took them either uh, twice as long to lose the fat um, as compared to the other group, but they both, sorry, weight. So they had a weight goal. Say you're losing like 10% of your body weight. One group lost it twice as fast as the other. And they basically found that the group that lost it um, the slowest, in other words, you know, um, they, they, they prolonged it. So instead of dieting again for like, if you were going to diet for 12 weeks, you diet for 24. The group that did diet the slowest, Intriguingly, uh, basically, they lost the. They actually gained a li very, very little bit of lean mass. They didn't, not statistically, um, and they lost like just a little bit, a fraction more body fat. So a lot of people go, well, "This shows that this is the best way to go." Okay. Um, well, they're not telling the full part of the story. One thing Rudy pointed out is you need to think of what a entire year yeah. looks like. 
So if I diet for 30 weeks and, oh, I lost just this much more fat than if I diet for 16 weeks or 12 to 16 weeks, so what? Think about the entire year. Think about that within that time, how much more muscle you could have gained. You got to think, you can't just look as, as oh, endpoint compared to endpoint. You need to look at what are you doing over that entire year's time. And I think that's very important, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you kind of say, oh, I uh, lost a kilogram more muscle diet in this way, but it took me 15 weeks longer. Imagine how much muscle you could have added if you had been spent those 15 weeks trying to gain muscle, probably more than the kilogram that you lost. So 100%. we're not saying, you know, crash dieting is the way forward. But it's something you should always consider. You've got to look at the bigger picture rather than acutely just looking at that dieting period or that bulking period. Look at your kind of long-term goal, what's going to happen over the next year or the next two or three years. Definitely. Yeah. Is that, now, one of the world's leading experts in dieting and, or, or what we would say are called metabolic adaptations, is basically we adapt um, when we're dieting down um, so we can survive. One of the leaders, leading experts on this is McLean. So McLean's done a lot of research, basically, and what he and his laboratory has shown is that um, the longer you're in a deficit, the greater the adaptations you make. And intriguingly enough, let's say that you drop your calories down, you know, by like 500, and you stay in a deficit, and you maintain that deficit, even if you don't lower your calories more, you're, you don't reach a steady state. You keep declining in metabolism. You keep making these adaptations. You keep becoming more efficient. So basically what, I'm, what we're saying is that if you diet for 32 weeks, your adaptations are going to be much greater than 16. If you actually look at the Garth data from 2011 that found they lost a smidge more body fat, what it also showed is that by six weeks after the diet, they had regained all of the fat that they had lost. And the other group that had dieted down faster didn't regain any fat by six weeks. It took them twice as long to regain the fat. Um, so... That's very, very important to understand because what do we see? People dieting for 30 weeks and then, oh, here, we I got a real brilliant idea. Let's reverse diet you for 20 more weeks, right? So now you reverse diet someone for 20 more weeks and what's going on? When you're reverse dieting, guess what's going on? You're still in a deficit until you get back to maintenance, which means during, probably the first 10 weeks when you're torturing yourself, you're actually still making more metabolic adaptations. Which means the probability of you gaining more fat when you come, sure, like, oh, I've never stayed this lean coming out. And then all of a sudden they balloon up. Why? Because they're making more adaptations. And there's really limited, uh, there's really very limited data. In fact, there's no research at all showing anything efficacious for reverse dieting. Um, and in fact, the McLean data showing that longer you stay in a deficit would be against that. So reverse dieting, in my mind, is like, well, you're coming out, you're trying to get back to maintenance. The question is, how long do you take? before you get back to maintenance and Rudy has some insights on yeah. that. Again, it comes back to that time reward thing that we've just been discussing earlier um, mm. and there's a, a really kind of fantastic study that's just come out by Muller et al uh, to this year uh, from Germany and they looked at just acutely, it was a five week study, they looked at um, a week overfeeding, a three week deficit and then another week overfeeding and they were quite kind of severe so it was a 50% overfeed and then a 50% deficit for the middle three weeks and they found even after three weeks of kind of severe dieting there was noticeable um, adaptations in resting metabolic rate um, they found they kind of 
called it adaptive thermogenesis. So what they've done is they've accounted for the changes in body mass and then they've looked at the rest in energy expenditure and there's still noticeable differences. So for example, I think in this study there was about an 80, 80 calorie difference um, once they had been in a three week deficit. So once they accounted for the weight they lost, their metabolism was still around 80 calories lower just after a three week deficit. So this shows that um, you know, if you then multiply that by maybe, I don't know what a diet, 12, 15, 20 weeks, Sometimes you 30, can see yeah. how, how these start to add up. Um, and they kind of put this down to changes in leptin um, and CNS. So you've got to be aware that when you are dieting or whatever you're doing, there's consequences and the same to bulking. So that's why it's just about being sensible um, and maybe, peri you know, periodizing it. So these uh, adaptations don't occur on such a severe extent. And when they reintroduce calories? Yes, yeah, so they reintroduce calories and the um, actually all this adaptive thermogenesis increased um, and their resting energy expenditure increased quite quickly, just one week of overfeeding. So this data may suggest that um, while kind of, you know, building your calories back up is probably sensible, but it may you know, after a contest, you may be able to achieve this with just in two, three, four weeks. I mean, we lack data, but based on this data, just one week of overfeeding and their uh, resting energy expenditure was back up and our adaptive thermogenesis was back up one Exactly. Week. So that's why we would recommend go right back up to your maintenance calories. So it should be based on your new body weight. But again, um, don't this, this so I'm going to add in, you know, five grams of carbs a day or, you know, I'm going to um, add in 10 calories a day for so many months, yeah, that's a no-go. So uh, that's kind of our overview of some of our biggest mistakes on, on, on dieting, both in the off-season and during contests. We'll get further into these topics um, on at the Muscle Prof Facebook page as well as um, our Instagram handle, uh, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks.